campers. Have no fear, happy campers is here. It's a summer camp themed podcast where we reminisce about the stuff that we missed, about the best summers we ever had. And there will be reflection and lots of introspection and a great selection of guests that will stop by. So grab a glass of bug juice, relax, and say hi to both your hosts. We're Julie and Sammy, your podcast family. We're going to start the show. Hey, happy campers. Thanks hey. for tuning in. Julia here. Uh, and I'm Sammy. And we are going to take some time this week to reflect on ourselves as adults in the world and how camp influenced us. Grown-up campers in the world. Yeah, remembering camp and all the awesome things we learned there and kind of chatting about how we've brought that into our adult lives. Yeah, so... We obviously both went to camp for a very long time, and we love having other guests on the podcast, but today we thought that Julia and I just haven't done an episode ourselves. Yeah, and we need to spend some time together just looking into each other's eyes and connecting about past and present and current. You know? You guys know what that's like? Yeah. Thank you, do. Anyway, so I decided to break it down into three little categories, and we're going to dive right in, but... Just to give you a little outline for what's to come, we're going to chat about ourselves and camp in terms of leadership and skills we kind of learned, you know, through organizing and asserting ourselves and all that. And then we're going to find our way in a discussion about sports and survival, like camping and thinking, you know, building fires, things we learn like that. And then we're going to chat about our favorite thing, which is creativity and how we were able to, uh, you know, really learn how to be creative spirits, free thinkers at camp, and and how that, you know, relates to what we're doing now. Yeah, that was an excellent summary. Thank you. I Today, uh, positive affirmations feel like something I'm looking for, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you know, in law school, we learned how to write a brief, and the acronym you use is called TREAT, and it stands for Thesis rule, explanation, something thesis again. I can't remember what the A is. But that was an excellent thesis. That was the point of that. Topic sentence. Topic sentence. Thesis. Supporting points. Rule. Explanation. document-based Analysis. Thesis. Okay. Well, thank you very much If we were writing a brief, Brief, that would have been an excellent thesis. (laughs) All right, so leadership. Sammy, do you think of yourself as a leader? If so, when did that begin? Yeah, I would say growing up, definitely, I was more of a a leadership, leader-style personality. A lot of people, you know, like teachers, et cetera, when they were um, talking about me to my parents, they would call me a leader. And now, in my everyday life, uh, I'm a lawyer. I don't really lead anyone in the office, but I do feel like in law school I, I def- and college, I definitely stepped up and took on leadership roles, and I think that definitely came out of camp. I, was, I learned to be very comfortable in front of other people when I was a camper. I think at camp, maybe we can dive into like official times when you were, you know, okay, Sammy's officially in charge of this, she's been elected to it, or we've appointed her, whatever, or times where you're kind of like an unofficial, quiet leader. Do you feel like there's a distinction between that there? 
There definitely is. I think, um, at least personally, we've talked about this before, but our camp had jobs in the oldest two bunks you had. Work, 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 work. Um, we had jobs. And so my job when I was 14 and 15 was called planning and entertainment P and E. And what we did was we, put on the evening activities almost every night. There were some nights where there were pre-set activities like movie night or campfire or whatever. But um, the, every night that there wasn't a, a set activity, we planned TV skit night and lip sync night and nature paper night, whatever. And part of that would be to stand in front of the entire camp and explain to them the rules of the activity set them off to go you know to their bunks and make their skit or whatever and then come back and then run the activity so that would definitely be a time when I was an overt and loud leader I was very loud at camp um and then in terms of being a quiet leader I feel like I don't really I mean I probably was more of a quiet leader just in terms of how I carried myself I didn't really get into a lot of drama with other girls and I just kind of here's a scenario if you were assigned to like softball one afternoon and you know it was hot and the mood wasn't really yay let's all play softball did you find like maybe you asserted yourself in, in a quiet way of being like let's give it a shot guys let's do this like help out the counselor or was that not you at that I point? I wish I could say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember. I thought maybe you were like that, but I, I was like, she probably wasn't. I Well, for something like, it really depended on what it was. For something like softball, probably not, because I was not a huge land sports kid. But if it were something like canoeing or swimming and we had to get in the water, I definitely would have been like, come maybe on, like guys, let's get in the water. In, jumping in. Yeah, That's yeah, good. yeah, that kind of thing. But um, it definitely, I was very fickle about <laughs> what I would quietly lead, how I would quietly lead. Yeah, you're a, uh, a choosy, quiet leader. I was a, just a teenager, <laughs> very fickle. Um, what about you? How do you think that you were a leader? Um, hmm. I think, you know, beginning a camp, you're in middle school, and so you can really relate, you can think about your school self and your camp self. And I remember, you know, things coming up in the school environment and probably being less, you know, excited to volunteer or run for something that was, uh, you know, elected in some way. But at camp, having, um, you know, feeling not as scared to do something like that. And so I would run for things. And uh, they had these camp, the bunk reps. So, like, the representative of your bunk of, you know, 10 to 15 people. I always wanted to be one, and I was never elected. <laughs> yeah, they would. you would run, or I think so. And I remember I had, like, good luck of winning that a bunch of years in a row, and that was great because you would represent your 15 people and then you'd work with the other people from your age group. Then you'd go to like all bunk rep meetings with the director and you kind of felt like, you know, you, you were in the know of, of what was happening at a higher level of, you know, decision making at camp. And then you'd get to report that to your bunk and you're kind of that go between. Uh, and it also helped me probably get to know a bunch of the people in my bunk, especially the quiet girls, because I would have to, you know, like I'd be the person they'd come to if, if someone was really homesick. Uh, maybe I'd be in charge of like going to get her older camp sister and just kind of the, I felt like you were more of a face who got to meet people if you were representing some other people. Yeah. So our camp had um, 
uh, camp president who was a girl in the oldest bunk. And then I would describe bunk reps as kind of like... Minions? Yeah, like congressmen. Yes. (laughs) I represented my district of bunk four. (laughs) Yeah. So... um, And you had to do a good job. So the thing, the other thing was there were real, there were terms and limits on, you know, how long you could be the bunk rep for. I the think summer, there was two terms per summer. There were two terms, but it couldn't be the same person both terms. Right. So other people got a chance to do it. Uh, and I learned this fun thing today from my mother when we were talking about how I was bunk rep was that in the what I called the off season, the four weeks that I was not your off term bunk rep, the off term, <laughs> I would. People would still sometimes come to me if they were homesick or they wanted advice or something, and I was happy to listen to them. But because it wasn't, you know, my elected position anymore, I decided that it was appropriate to charge for advice. And again, charge charging money. means soda money. Them giving me soda money for to feed my addiction to Diet Coke at the time that was very strong. And Sammy and I equated this to it kind of being like I was working <laughs> in politics, and then in the off season I was a consultant, a consultant who yeah. was charging large sums of money for my advice. Um, yeah. Uh, but also what I was thinking is that while I probably wasn't, I want to say I was a good leader when I was a camper, but I, I don't think I really, I think I yelled at a lot of people to be quiet and I would call them out. And so be it's like, like when you, you knew that you had a loud voice and then yeah. it's all about how you use it. Right. But when I was a counselor for five summers and that was definitely when I kind of came into my own in terms of, um, leading the camp like the I knew the kids would pay attention to me there there are certain kinds of counselors right there are some that are kind of quieter and are really good one-on-one with kids but can't command the whole camp or the whole room and then, then there are others that are kind of the opposite and I was definitely fell in that latter category um but I when I was a counselor I was definitely co- more cognizant that I was an example that kids were going to follow. So in terms of activities, if I didn't feel like teaching it, I still had to show up and be excited about it. And in term in bunk life, I kind of had to just like set a good example in terms of lights out and, you know, enforcing the rules and that kind of stuff, which when I was a camper, I probably would not have cared about any of that, but it feels different when you're a counselor, you have all these kids looking at you all the time. It was the best, though. I loved it. That's awesome. I was thinking a little more about the idea of camp sisters and Mm -hmm. the chance to be a mentor when you're younger. We've talked about that a little bit on the podcast. Um, But I think that's really cool in terms of, I mean, when we were originally talking about leadership, I think it's in a, um, you know, whether it's like having the respect of your peers or older people, younger people, but I think those kind of one-on-one um, mentor relationships were big, were a big thing that I got from camp, both when I was really young and, and, you know, getting to see what it was like to hang out with an older girl who, you know, was in a totally different phase of life. And I was like, oh, I'll grow into, you know, being as old as her one day, but right now it feels so far off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then years later when you are in that position, when you're 15 and you're, you know, the oldest campers looking at these 10, nine-year-olds who are, you know, they looking up so at you little. and you're like, I don't deserve to be looked up to. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. I also remember as a as a 14, 15-year-old girl, and I was looking up at counselors above me who were 18, 19, 20 years old and thinking, like, these are the coolest people that have ever walked the face of the earth. And I 
want to be like them in every way. And then getting to that point and thinking like they were just living their lives, like having kids. I don't know that kids ever thought that I was the coolest person on earth, but like having kids look up to me the way that I looked up to my counselors was insane to me. I was 20. I had no idea what I was doing ever. (laughs) And kids treated me the way that I treated counselors, which was like with such reverency and like a little bit of obsession. And it was just like, I can't believe it. You know, that was another thing I grew into as a counselor for sure. Yeah. I think uh, the opposite of a a leader, one could argue would be a follower. Mm -hmm. And I think what's cool is as many, for as many times as I got to be a leader at camp, I also was like a really good follower. Yeah. And there's different versions of follower. There's a blind follower and the follower who's like, you know, yes and supporter of whatever's happening. A conscious follower. A conscious follower. Sure. I made that up, but yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I like that. Like they're, yeah, I like that idea. Um, And I think that was a really important thing to get comfortable with, to be like, I'm part of this group. This person right now is going to be the one taking us, you know, on this hike or leading us down this, you know, path and like, you know, metaphorically, whatever. Um, you can't see, but I'm emphatically nodding. Yeah. <laughs> and just saying like, yes, I'm, you know, I'm here to support whatever the cause yeah. is. I'm not gonna, you know, make a big stink and pretend that I rolled my ankle and hold up the group. Or if I do have a little bit of an injury, I'm going to probably keep it quiet for a while just so that we can, you know, make it to the top of the mountain. And, and I'm that, that thing of like, oh, I don't want to be the one who holds us back. Also, I just want to get us there, not be the like cause for you saying delays. that. Just brought up like a, a story that I remember, which was uh, when I was a camper, I hated hiking so much. Same, like I and we had to do it. A lot of camps did not didn't have programs like we do, which is where like you have to go on your hiking and canoeing trip if you want to go on your fun trip at the end of the summer, and the hiking was not easy. It was, it was, you know, we hiked some pretty, we hiked Washington and Katahdin, which were two of the tallest mountains on the East coast. Like it was rough and I hated it. And then when I was a counselor, I asked not to be put on hiking trips, but I was put like maybe my second or third summer, I was put on a practice hiking trip and I was not in hiking shape. I was not in any kind of shape. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you're the counselor right now. You can't complain. And so I just shut up and made it up the mountain. And there were kids who were complaining. And I would just be like, come on, guys, we got to do it. We got to get to the top. And we did. We made it to the top. But like, literally with every step, I was like, I hate this and just couldn't I, I shared a similar Couldn't feeling with on. every step up those mountains. And I remember you'd, we'd find, well, there'd be a lot of like fake peaks as you were getting right, to the top. Right. The, yeah. But what were those called? Oh, that's going to annoy like, me. F- okay. Yeah. False peaks. False, like false summits. False summits. Yeah. Like, did we summit yet? No, we false summit. <laughs> uh, but I, I have a couple memories of making it to the top of, of these big mountains. And everyone kind of, once we got up there, it'd be this big group, like, yay. But I remember I'd always take a, a couple minutes and wander off. I said I had to, like, go pee or something, but I would just go to, like, some corner somewhere and just have this moment with myself, like, <laughs> you did it. It's over. And you didn't embarrass yourself. <laughs> and boy, am I proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it was that's such a real thing. Because there was thing. a group thing going on and also, like, a very much, like, just internal struggle, struggle of, like, make it, you can do this. Yeah. You, you must do this. Yep. That was, that was so real. That's so true. I like that. 
I like that you did that for yourself. I am at a point in life where I think I'm trying to change my thoughts on how I feel about hiking. I'm Me about too. To, yeah, I would I'm about like to, to hike I've more. got a couple hikes lined up as, as the weather is getting nicer, and, and we'll see. I think the idea might be like if I'm just doing it you know, with a couple people and it's all about enjoying the outdoors and going at our own pace – then I think it'll be. I'll bring a lot of gorp yeah. and uncrustables and you know snacks for days. When we were hiking as campers, it definitely there was definitely this like weird pressure. It was just like, like Ugh, we have to do this. We thing. have oh to do this, and then there was also this pressure to like you have to do it as quickly as possible, and so like, that you can get to the gazebo yeah, for snacks. And any time that camp. you stopped, people would be like, "Ugh, Sammy needs another water break," and I'd like I. But I um was in Arizona in November, and my friend and I just went on like a couple short hikes and it was lovely we enjoyed it and so much when you summited did you feel a sense of like we did this there, it wasn't really so. like up a mountain it was kind of through the red rocks in sedona there was like a top point but it wasn't it wasn't like a strenuous hike at all Sounds but so nice. it was wonderful and i was like why did i i've always hated hiking so much but this is so great so i'm with you i would like to change my mentality on hiking as well we encourage everyone to Take a hike this summer, summit a mountain, and then tag us at Happy Campers Podcast. Yeah. Also, I was thinking, uh, Julia, while I have you here, that we, we might be doing some fun stuff up and down the East Coast this summer for the podcast. So maybe we'll go on a hike. We're going to be would, near some mountains. I would mountains. love to do a you know, Washington yeah. type, uh, type of hike. I mean, maybe we will. Whew. Taking control. So this brings us in to our next little topic which is sports slash survival i have a lot to say about this sammy you start oh you want me to start yeah okay all right in terms of sports i have always never i've never considered myself to be a sporty person and i played sports in high school but literally only because i had to um and our camp had this philosophy about being a non-competitive camp which um, for those of you who don't know, the, what it was intended to be or what it really is at its core is that you play as hard as you can against the other team while you're playing. And then after the game is over, you're friends again, you leave it all on the field and you go to lunch together. So we didn't have like a traditional kind of color war situation where you were on your teams at all times and you couldn't talk to people on the other team and you cheered against them at the at the dining room and all that stuff. It was it was very much play here now and then leave it there. But as I was growing up, I kind of took non-competitive camp to mean like don't try. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh so we would uh have we would have sports and we would have activities and I would just be like, Oh, it's a non-competitive camp. I don't need to try it all. And it's, it's silly. And I kind of regret that now looking back, I wish that I had played. Like it was so hot out. It was so hot. I Literally know. But like so I wish hot. that I played. But what I will say is that now, um, anyone who knows me even a little bit knows that I, uh, go to flywheel. Like, I don't know. This week it was too many times, but four to five times a week. I followed Sammy to a flywheel <laughs> class yesterday just to watch her do it. Oh, I got on a bike too, but like hardly did it. <laughs> Sammy is intense. She's number one and or two on the leading board 
That's and I was just true. like so proud to know her. Oh, thank you. That that's not why I was I wasn't self-promoting my flywheel. After ability. about eight months of doing <laughs> this podcast, we now know that the entire reason Sammy <laughs> decided to start this was that she could, so I could brag publicly brag about, about my, her my spinning scores. skills. Yeah. No, but what I was gonna say is that uh flywheel they give you a score at the end of class and it's based on like you know, your torque and your speed throughout the class. And while I... Hashtag torque. Hashtag power your life. Um, But while I, you know, wasn't competitive growing up, what I have found and what I think that camp kind of helped me Wait, I think you were always competitive. Right, I wasn't like sports competitive. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. But like, I didn't consider myself like athletically competitive. Let's say that. Um, But what I've realized with through flywheel and kind of what I think that Walden has Walden or camp, whatever helped me with is that I am actually incredibly competitive against myself. Mm. And it's kind of good, right? Yeah. I love it. And like the, the whole thing about like leaving it there, that's what I use it for. You know, like I go in, I am stressed, I have anxiety or I just like am hyper or excited or whatever. And I ride it out and I try to do the best I can, and then I leave it in, in on the bike or in the studio, and then I go about my day. And You're I'm a non-competitive spinner. Right. Except I, with yourself. I'm competitive with myself. I want to get a good score, but like at the same time, I don't care what anyone else is doing, and I, I won't walk out of class and be like, hey, sucker, number four. Beat you. Yeah, like I, I don't care about Saw that you at in all. the dust. So I definitely think that that's where the non-competitive aspect of our camp has come into my life for sure what about you love that so my big sport thing at camp was tennis mm-hmm. do you intensive tennis yeah back at home in like lower school middle school my sport was soccer and I don't think it was a sport that I really chose for myself it just like signed up for a couple soccer leagues Everyone and then that soccer. escalated to you know travel team and all these things that were were fun but I always played midfield, and I liked the going to practice and the people on the team, but I always played midfield, and I hated running and was very bad at running, and the whole position of midfield is just run the ball this way, run the ball that way, run, 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 and I hated that so much that I like got no, I didn't, no joy out of that, and then at camp, soccer wasn't that big a thing. Um, so I started playing because it was on the soccer field, which sucked. It was so far away. You had to go upstairs so to get there. Ugh. Um, but I was really into tennis because this guy, buddy ran the program and he had this great attitude about everything. And like, if you were really bad at tennis, it was still fun to play tennis. If you're really good at tennis, they liked you a lot and it was even more fun to play tennis. Um, also at camp, they had all these little incentives with it that were more like if you, hit the counselor with a ball. They'd give you a free soda, and I loved soda, so that was huge for me. Um, And then you'd play doubles with people who were in different age groups, and you'd get to know them. And And you had this whole intensive tennis program, right? right? This was like the first couple of years before you could even start doing intensive tennis. But then once I got into, you know, three, three summers in, I chose to sign up for intensive tennis, meaning that the first two weeks of camp... Like three out of my five activities every day were tennis. And there was this group of maybe like 15 of us girls, all in different bunks, who 
signed up for this. So we got, you know, there was like a little community of the intensive tennis people. And I liked the fact that like I could, you know, chat with people. I was a big chatter. I got in trouble for it a lot. Um, but like it was fun and competitive and I felt very much like leave it on the court. I'm going to, you know, hit these great volleys. I'm going to run for it in, you know, small amounts, not a ton of running. Um, <laughs> There's less running in tennis than soccer. Yeah. For sure. And it was also very clear that like skill level, there were some really good girls who, you know, had great shots and, and a lot of spin and they were always breaking their rackets. And I definitely was not, it was a sport where like I didn't have that amazing in, like innate skill, but I loved it a lot. I gave a lot of energy to it and I had fun while doing it. And it was a lot of like, I really, it was, it felt more mental. Yeah. And if I really connected and was like, I'm going to get this, I'm going to win this game or win this set. A lot of times I could do it just because of the fact that I mentally committed to doing it. Did you play in high school? Yeah. So then that loving it at camp is what then inspired me once I got to, you know, the end of middle school, high school to make the choice to, because soccer and tennis happened at the same time of year right. at my school. And I made the choice to quit the soccer team and commit to doing the tennis team. And it was great. And then, you know, senior year, oh, sorry, I, I went to high school and, you know, got on the team and got on varsity and then was t uh, the captain of the varsity team. That's awesome. I was MVP two years in a row. And my coach made You're it very so clear in front of the whole entire school when he gave me the award that it was for my leadership skills and not my tennis skills. <laughs> so, um, you know, I knew that. <laughs> I, I knew I wasn't the best one on the team. But, uh, but you had a lot of heart. That's all that counts. So much heart. So I, I thank Camp for letting me, you know, know that I, I really love tennis and could pursue it. That's amazing. On. I love that story. Um, that's so great. I also think we were this part of this was um, survival skills. <laughs> so I, I don't know very many, especially when I was in high school, very many girls that could pitch a tent and start a fire and do all of these things that we just took for granted we'd been doing since we were nine years old. Uh, and especially as a counselor, I was so certified one summer. I had like lifeguard certification, CPR first aid, wilderness first aid, trip leaders. I had like all of these. I need these. all those things. I still think I lack so many things I had, in terms of outdoor preparations. I was so certified I could make like a splint out of a raincoat and a stick. Like just like it that was on your resume? No. Not anymore. I think it was at one point. Um, but uh, I learned so many survival skills at camp as a camper and a counselor that I would not have learned anywhere else. My family does not go camping. We are not outdoor people. I mean, we like to sit on the beach, but that's about it. Different. Uh, so I definitely, and you know, I guess I'm sure that my CPR and first aid is expired, but I do feel confident that if I were in such a scenario, I could probably administer CPR if I had to, which I think is a really important life skill. So, or save someone in, in who was drowning. So I, that's all because of camp. That's awesome. I feel like because I didn't go back as a counselor, I have about 15% of the skill level that you have in all these things. <laughs> 
well, okay. Because I was never you, tested to actually fully do it. But you could still do the stuff like pitch a tent and start a fire if you needed to. Yes. Can we speak specifically about those things they call tent rods? That you, <laughs> like, I would always be like, I, I'm on rods. I, and and all you had to do was unfold them and stick them together. They were really fun, but sometimes I would like cut a little bit of my hand skin Yeah, on yeah. Another thing about those, are those is still that... the how tents are made? Yeah. Another thing Amazing. about... Amazing. Amazing. Who thought of that? About our camp is that it just... I don't want to like negatively say anything about our camp, but when we were there, it wasn't run very well. It's like night and day now. It's so, it's so much better than when we were kids in terms of like safety. But, um, I, a lot of the times you would get a tent and it would have like half the rods that it needed, or it would have, we rods always had three rods for when a tent two different four. tents or, whatever big holes in it yeah and so you just had to kind of improvise and figure out how to get your tent i remember tarp was a big thing yeah you had to tarp your tents yeah it was all every time we hiked it and camped somewhere it always rained it rained yeah um yeah so but i mean like i'm grateful that i i know those things yeah the skills that we learned and also and the skills and also just appreciation for simplicity and the outdoors, and, you know, trees, and lakes. I really think that camping as an adult, I've never been camping, like, outside of the camp experience, and I really think that it would probably be really fun. This is something I'm going to focus on this summer, too, hiking and camping. Oh. Yeah, yeah. got some camping plans already. I would really like to camp, and, you know, for the younger listeners, I'm sorry, but I'd like to have some beer and like a nice campfire. S'mores. You know, s'mores is my favorite food. S'mores in the morning. S'mores all the time. Yeah, like cook up some good food, have some drinks, have like an actual sleeping pad. and Someone bring a guitar, obviously. Yeah, I have one of those. and Ukulele. And just like chill. I think that would be great. But I've always camped in the context of like, Either I'm a child or I'm wrangling small children. Yeah, I think it's something nice to do with a bunch of 20-somethings. Yeah, I think it would be super fun. So Put it on the list. It's on my bucket list. Not bucket, put it on the like priority. Priority list? Do the next couple months list. Okay. Add it on there. All right, now we are transitioning to our third little topic. Third act. Third act. Part three of three. Creativity. There's, this is something we both that feel I love very strongly about. And Sammy this. loves. Yeah. This is probably the thing. If I had to pick, I mean, obviously everything we've covered, we're so glad we know about. But this is the thing that I'm, you know, most thankful to camp for. I think igniting my creativity. Yeah. Go for it. Tell us how that happened. Hmm. Tell us how Let's you feel think. about it. You know, same thing. If I'm going back to being young and comparing, you know, being in middle school with my first couple of years of camp, there were plays, there were like things going on at school that I was kind of involved in, but never, you know, really thought were my calling in any way. But it was camp where there was that, you know, total freedom to kind of on a nightly basis be told like, okay, you're right, you're doing a skit tonight, you're doing a lip sync song. You're going to just go spend a couple hours making up some silly song and dance. You're doing a talent show and you have to make up a talent. There are just so many opportunities to either, you know, 
come up with something alone or come up with something as a group and then boom, it's on its feet and you're presenting it to a crowd of a hundred people. And if it's really awesome, you even get like an award for it or if first it's place crap, in milk line. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's crap, then people are like, Ooh, that was weird, but also like <laughs> strange and interesting. And what the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were just so many experiences of that and a couple that stick out that were just like, you know, working with my bunk mates and really nailing it. I think one that I remember for my first summer, which which I just think is like fun and silly, was for lip sync night. We did, you know, I was nine years old, ten years old. We did Shaggy, wasn't me. Nice. And I think it was a group effort, so like so I wouldn't say I was Shaggy specifically. <laughs> I think there were like seven people in my bunk, and we all were Shaggy, and we all wore like bandanas and tank tops and like boxers. You know or what something. we did in Funk One? Yeah. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Oh my God. So different from Shaggy. I was Ken. Amazing. I Classic just Ken. Went, Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. <laughs> but yeah, we like got up on the, you know, in front of the whole camp and, and danced to it and talked about catching someone doing something in the shower. <laughs> That's the, th- I remember singing along to every word of that song when I was like was 11. And I, you know, had no. No idea. No but idea I knew what they were I talking liked about. It. it was a sick beat. It was a sick it. beat. Um, and yeah, and then people would just be like, hey, that was so funny or that was cool. Uh, I loved that. Mm-hmm. And oh, so my big thing, I think this is the time to finally bring it to the podcast, was you weren't even at camp, so Sammy doesn't really know this. But once I got into the oldest bunk at Bunk 12, we had talent. It was called Bunk 12 Counselor, Counselor Talent Show. And it yeah. was only like a week or two into the summer. And I decided... I think I wrote a, I was suffering from a thing called post-nasal drip, <laughs> uh, oh. which if you've ever had a cold, it's that thing that lingers after the cold where you just feel like you have a lot of phlegm in your mouth for a while. It's when like, uh, I actually, uh, okay, never mind. But it's like when the phlegm is like dripping down the back of your throat. That's yeah, what it is. Close your eyes for a second. <laughs> think about when you have just like a little bit of phlegm <laughs> globbing and glubing down your neck or your throat. So it's that. Anyway, somehow I got really, I think I went to the, I had a cold and I went to the nurse and she said, I asked for something and she said, no, honey, it's just a little PND. And I said, what's PND? (laughs) And she said, it's post-nasal drip. And then explained to me what we just explained to you. Uh, As a like 14 year old, no one ever diagnosed me with that specific thing. So then I became obsessed with writing a song about it that I was going (laughs) to perform at the talent show. And I brought in a good friend of mine, Emily, and we worked on the song and rehearsed it that day. Brought it was very in. much like morning. We had the idea, afternoon we wrote it, night we performed it. Mm-hmm. And there was just this like amazing creative collaborative energy that was going on, being like we have this big show tonight. I'm inspired by the phlegm in my mouth to write this kooky song. Let's do it. And we did it at the talent show. And I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm going to do it for you guys on the podcast in just a second. Wait, please. But it was such a success that now, 10 years after, we're in, you know, it happened in 2006, more than 10 years after, I'll still get texts from all different people, not just my bunk, but all ages, being like, hey, went to the doctor, just found out I got PND, LOL, will you leave me a voicemail of you singing that song? <laughs> Wait, so... That song is like transcended generations because I, in de- December, or it was January, I uh, had a cold and the doctor told me I had post-nasal drip. And instantly, as soon as he said it, I was like, there's a song about this. And I was like, I don't 
I, I didn't know it was you that wrote the song, but I, I was like, there's a song and I was, I thought it was from my time as a counselor. And so I was texting my counselor friends and they were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, no, there's a song. It's a post nasal drip song. And they were like, no, sorry. And then I was at your house for the March and you started singing it. And I literally had like a small seizure and I was like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> Julia, I've been trying to think of this song. I had post-nasal drip and I texted people and no one knew what I was talking about, but it was you. It was all you. Are you guys ready to hear it? Yeah. Yeah, bring on the band date. <laughs> all right, here we go. It's been years, but it always just comes back in my brain. All right. Wait. There might be some curse words in this. That's, That's why fine. I got in trouble when I sang it, actually. You got in trouble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, I sing this with a very congested nose and a hint of PND. That just makes it authentic. PND. Post nasal drip. It's the shit. Running down my throat and out my mouth. Makes my tummy feel yummy all day long. Best friends with tissues. It tastes better than booze. Little kids run around with snot hanging down. Makes my throat fill with phlegm. Mm, I want some of them. PND. Post nasal drip. It's the shit. So that's the song. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I, I'll probably be recording an EP of it in a really cool studio in like Bushwick, Brooklyn in the next couple months. So like look for my like EP album release party. But like until then. It's called PND. Well, the fun thing is it then actually launched that summer specifically into a whole bunch of songs that I would write about various diseases. I know you performed a lot of them at the at our rally gathering. Yeah, and they came to me then because I had like an audience, so I was like invigorated. Mm-hmm. Here I feel I'm a not, bit self-conscious. I'm not as big of an audience. <laughs> not as big, <laughs> even though this is literally going to go out to a larger audience. <laughs> uh, but in addition to PND, the next one that came about was a song I wrote about Pink Guy. Mm. which was really popular because Pink Guy was kind of big that summer. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I wrote a song about a disease that I suffered from for a short time in my life called hot tub folliculitis. (laughs) Yeah, we have some people out there familiar with hot tub folliculitis. It's when you go on vacation with your family to a ski resort during spring break and spend five hours at a time in a hot tub and then you're butt and legs are covered in little dots <laughs> your that are later diagnosed be, as hot tub folliculitis. Your mama's going to be so happy that you shared this on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was so good. I can't even like follow up with that. Um, so that's a creativity thing for me. It sparked songwriting and performance, and that's what I do now. I try to write things that I'm inspired by, and then I try to perform them. And, you know, Camp gave me the template for that. That's, a, I, that's like your whole life now. Like, you are an improv genius. You write and perform in your own web series called Kill Me Now. Everyone check it out. You Please. write scripts and screenplays. Like, you, you're a writer, and that was the beginning. You just have to find a time in your life that you're inspired by some type of illness that you're going through. <laughs> and that's when true genius is. True genius. I can't say that uh, I my whole life has been based on one moment where I wrote an amazing song. But I have written a few songs f- at camp. And I um, when I was in law school, I was in this thing called Law Review, spelled R-E-V-U-E, not the journal. It was a show. It was basically a variety show. 
and uh, it's written by the law students. And I, my last year, I think I wrote the opening song. There's like a professor's song that's the first thing, and then there's like a full opening song, and I wrote the closing song of Act One and the closing song of Act Two and a skit. So not that I'm like bragging or anything like that, but I did that because I could do that because of camp for sure. I could sit down and write a song. I could rhyme lyrics and uh, I could take any other song and fit, you know, legal terms into it. And it's because of camp. And I also, um, my fourth summer as a counselor, I've talked about this before, but there was this thing called counselor show and it's written by one or two counselors every summer. And I wrote it by myself one summer. And it was, that was all because of my time as a camper and my many, many years of writing camp songs. So I can say that if I can do anything, it's I can take a song, pick a topic and rewrite it to fit that topic, which is like not as good as yours, but it's pretty, I am happy that I have that skill. Another challenge besides hiking for the summer and tagging <laughs> us in Instagrams will be to send ideas of songs that you want Sammy to write <laughs> to us. And Sammy will take a couple weeks and then she might write a beautiful song and then she will sing it on the podcast. Oy. Um, I was a big bunk show kid when I was a camper. You were like, I, I think of Sammy, I think of bunk shows. I, Definitely the male lead. Yeah, like, I'm, I, I was always the male lead in the bunk shows, but uh, it's because I have a little bit of a deeper voice, I think, than most of my comrades. Uh, we have deep voices. Uh, um, and also because I was loud. That's, I mean, like, I don't really think I have any talent, but... Um, Sammy. Yeah. Don't say that about yourself. I don't mean like... You are a beautiful, talented person. I don't mean like in my life. Like I have talent, but I don't think that I have musical theater talent. Okay, same. I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, I was like, we are not using this podcast to bash ourselves. We're no. using it to raise us up. There are a lot of cool things that I am talented at, but musical theater like is flywheel? not... flywheel? <laughs> no, not like flywheel. <laughs> Uh, like journaling. I'm a very avid and talented. She journaler. loves gurnals, bullet gurnals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but I also think that camp kind of give, gave me the space and gave you the space to just kind of like recognize when I wanted to pursue something and pursue it, especially, I mean, even this podcast, like that's a huge example of it. Um, who even knew that we would have a podcast one day where more than 12 people listen to it? Not me. I still don't believe it. <laughs> one fun, weird thing that I, just in another example to kind of give some color to us chatting about weird things that we did. Um, I'm remembering it now in a very intense flashback that I'm having, which was, you know, again, I was like 10. So one of the first summers, and I needed some type of, like, fake talent for just, like, a more casual talent show type thing. Mm -hmm. And I put my mess kit and a couple just, like, jars of beans, I think, into a big laundry bag. And then I went in front of the camp, and I just started banging on the things in my laundry bag. And it was, like, I'm going to put the mic here one sec. It was, like... Bum, 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 bum. Drums in a laundry bag, drums in a laundry bag, banging on my drums in a laundry bag, drums in a laundry bag, yeah. 
And for years, people would be like, yo, remember when you did drums in a laundry bag? I was like, well, I yeah. wonder what that was for. Like, that's like, what was the activity that you had to do that? I now think it was one of those things where we just had to bring a bunch of things to the main house for something. And then at the end, I brought it all back in my laundry bag and oh. it made a lot of noise. And yeah, then I started yeah, playing yeah. It started doing drums it. in a laundry bag. That's, you know, that could have been the next cowbell. Need more cowbell. Still could. <laughs> Still could. <laughs> one day. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I feel like this was a, a really lovely discussion this where I learned like a little behind some nice the stuff scenes. about you. Little BTS with Julia and Sammy. BTS, baby. It took me, I saw a lot of like Instagrams recently that were like BTS. I, this is the first time I'm hearing that term. Oh, really? Yeah. There was like a lot of like BTS with the cast of Gilmore Girls or whatever. And I was like, what does that stand for? And so I had to Google it and I found out that it stands for behind the scenes. So that was kind of what we wanted for this episode we wanted to kind of bring you guys into our world of camp i know it's a little insidery but we just thought it might be a cool cool thing yeah so and and keep reaching out all these you know awesome people who are finding the podcast to either you know know a friend of ours or or know us or don't know us at all we're loving your emails yeah. We're loving your like ideas for, hey, I do this thing related to camp. I want to be on the podcast. Like That's the stuff we're looking for. We've gotten a, a couple really great emails lately, and we have some cool stuff lined up for the next couple episodes that are going to be coming out. And we also are trying to line up some really, really awesome stuff for the summer. We're, this summer's going to rock. The summer is our time to shine, we think. this is, And we are excited to bring you guys some really cool content. So more will be revealed later. But we thought we'd give you a little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks for tuning in this week. Hope you guys have a lovely time enjoying the hints of sunshine that are, you know, coming through in our lives these days as we, you know, get further and further into spring and summertime. Yeah, and we are going to wrap it up. So, Julia, we have don't have our social media written down, and I know that Julia really likes it when it's written down. So well, find us on our website at uh, happycampers.com. Nope. <laughs> I'm happycamperspodcast.com. Just gonna, can, can I just run through them? Please? Okay. <laughs> happycamperspodcast.com that's our website our email is happycamperspodcast at gmail.com instagram happycamperspodcast twitter happycamperspod even just follow all those things and you'll get updates on what we're up to and our favorite is itunes so please rate review subscribe oh i was gonna forget about that great job buddy never forget about itunes rate review subscribe we're on itunes and um i think that's it we're wrapping it up day is oh. done gone the sun we out Our theme song was written, recorded, and sung by the very talented Steffi Copeland. P-N-D. Post-nasal drip is the shit. Running through my mouth and out my nose makes my tongue... Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> P-N-D. 
postnasal drip. It's the shit. Running through my mouth and out my nose. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I can't